Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Uh, before we get into this week's podcast, I would love it if you all went and hit subscribe and uh, gave us a review after you finished listening. Um, it just helps the podcast keep going. Um, and the more people subscribing, the better it is for us. Um, so podcast time, Christiana Vota. Uh, Christiana has been a good friend of mine for a long time now. I've known her for a while. Um, we first met in New York at a club night that she worked at. And we've just kind of kept in touch ever since. Now she is one of the most successful managers in electronic dance music. It's mad to say I've seen her work so hard over the years and is in this industry, you have to work very hard to, to, to get anywhere, but she is the, literally the hardest working person I've, I've ever met. And the way she works with her artist and the way she is as a person is personally what I feel anyone that wants to aspire to be a manager should be doing um, or not should be doing could maybe take a leaf out of her book for doing. She manages timber. She manages black coffee and she manages a, a couple of other artists. We'll get into that in the podcast. So she's a beautiful human being. Um, and I love talking to her. We've been trying to do this podcast with her for since I started the podcast. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy to have her on. So I'm going to stop blabbering on and I'm going to let you guys listen. So without further ado, Christiana Botta. You don't realize how long I've wanted to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't allowed. And you've been me off for so many years. <laughs> Here we are. And Here we are in it. the flesh. <laughs> Chrissy, Chrissy, how's it going? You good? All good here in sunny New York. Yeah, I miss that place so much. I was there a couple of weeks ago when you were. You're never there when I'm there. I know, always. Never. Were you when are you back or you don't know yet? Electric Zoo, September. Ooh, I might be here. Let's yeah. see. <laughs> Hopefully. I, Max, Max coming, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you can never miss one. Yeah, man. How's life anyway? How's life? All good, all good. Just, uh, I mean, it's that time of year where I forget what end is up, mm. um, but it's all positive, you know? It's, uh, I can't complain. Yeah, definitely. How could you? <laughs> I know, right? We have a great life. We're super lucky. Super yeah, lucky. for sure. It's um, not all the glitz and glam, but. Uh, that's the thing. A lot of it, a lot of people think it is, but especially your life, like you have to deal with the glitz and glam. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful <laughs> way, but you're you're somebody that has to deal with the artist as a manager. Um, I want to, first of all, like, I want to go back right to the beginning with you because I think we met at Bang On. Yep. 
Exactly. You were working at Bang On. When was that the first kind of job in the industry? So before that, I, well, I went to school for journalism. Mm. So I started blogging and covering events. So yeah. that was kind of my first foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bang On was my first official job. Yeah. Uh, where I actually got a paycheck rather than just guest list. <laughs> <laughs> I love this industry, like how everyone does something for free right at the beginning. You have to. Oh, yeah. There's you no, to, right? there's no other industry like that though, right? No, it's true. It's true. And it's like, yeah, just networking and who you can meet, who you can get your face in front of. And yeah, Yeah. there's no other industry like it. That's for sure. But I think it's really important that I think like people are trying to, I get the the vibe that people are trying to change that and that everyone should be paid, et cetera, et cetera, which I fully believe everyone should be paid. But But I also feel like there's a point where like, you have to do the learning part and you have to go through the trenches to get to the point where you can, where you're actually even worth something to get paid. And I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, you have to earn your stripes. You know, I always say this and it's actually something that I love about this industry the most Mm. every day you're learning, you know, there's no one in this industry that knows everything. There's no expert, you know, it's evolving every day. Um, I mean, just looking back, even like the last 10 years, the way streaming has come Mm, in and taken over, you know, what's next? Um, So I feel like, yeah, you have to learn and start somewhere. And for me, I think it it was a humbling thing to start like that, you know, and I never would have projected myself to be where I am today. Mm. Um, But I'm also thankful for that, you know, because I've I've seen it all. I've worked Mm. every side of the business and, you know, I know the hardships it comes with, but I've I've worked my way up there and I feel like, I don't know, it's it's a rewarding thing to be able to say, like, you know, I did that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're also one of the hardest working people I know, like you're always fucking working. And ever since like I remember going out for Thai with you in New York (laughs) and like the shit you were going through. And I'm like, man, like you're fucking hard working hard. And it's I'm a workaholic. Yeah. You clearly well, you're you're from New York, right? Yep. It's kind of it's kind of in your blood. You have to be, right? The New York hustle. (laughs) There's something about New York. Everybody that especially that grows up in New York. Oh yeah. You You don't know anything else, you know? When I go over to Ibiza for the summer, I'm like, all right, why is this taking so long? Even just the basic things like going out for dinner. Like, why am I here for three hours? You know, fucking Ibiza. It's like <laughs> you say you're going to go for dinner at like eight. And you know that people are going to turn up at half nine, ten. Yeah. And you won't. It's impossible to go to bed before midnight on that island. Yeah. I always say this, even if you're just having dinner, like mm-hmm. 2 a.m. is like the normal bedtime. Yeah. And here I'm a grandma. I'm in bed by like 10. <laughs> I love that though. There's something special about that. The other side of it though, right? The, the relax. I think like when I go to Ibiza and I never forget when I used to live there and I would be working at space. And at that time, Ushuaia wasn't there. It was like a really shitty hotel. Um, mm-hmm. And next door to that, there was a like really cute family Spanishy restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd come out at like two o'clock in the morning for like a break to like go and have dinner and there would be like families all eating like all general like grandparents parents kids and you're like this is fucking wild yeah it's a whole nother world yeah but there's something beautiful about it 
that I just don't think you get in the the American culture so much. And no, definitely not that's in the UK. for sure. Yeah. Especially now with all the craziness like mm. that just keeps coming at us. We often say, you know, we're ready to up and leave and head to that side of the pond, yeah, wherever it may be. It's wild, especially what's going on at the moment. Fucking hell. It's crazy. Sometimes I'm almost embarrassed to be an American, you yeah. know? I hate to say that publicly, but I just feel like the way we've held ourselves as a country and, you know, a lot of the things that the country is standing for now, it's just, it's shocking. It's 2022. Like yeah. this is things you think about like 50 years ago, you know, how right. are we going backwards now? Mm. I like, I tried to be optimistic about it because I, the way I try and look at it, which is like kind of a naive way to look at it, but it's like, I can, if I compare America to the UK, and I'm not saying the UK is perfect, but we have it pretty fucking good here. Like I know yeah. anybody in the UK, they love, everyone loves to moan here and complain, but we have it really fucking good. Yeah. Um, but the way I look at it is that um, like my parents' house is bigger than, is, is older than America. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, America's, although it's so advanced in the, it, in what it is, it's also has so many lessons to learn. Totally. And it's still so young. It's like a child going through puberty and it still has to kind of go through all those mistakes that they in life and kind of get the old out and get the new in and change how countries how countries are run and i'm i try to be optimistic it's very hard to be optimistic when you're just hearing negative 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 but then i think if england was that young what would what mistakes would we be going through um yeah it's true but also which sounds really weird and people are probably going to hate me for saying this <laughs> america is still one of the best places to live in the world which yeah. people won't agree with me, but if we compare it to 90% of the world. Yeah. I mean, we take a lot for granted. That's right? for sure. A and, lot of the things that are just normal, you know, um, I yeah. see a lot of that too, especially working, you know, with some of my artists from yeah. South Africa, you know, hearing about their upbringing and mm. the hardships they've gone through. It's things that, you know, I've never experienced exactly. as a person and yeah. I can't relate and it's it's shocking really. Yeah. And I and I'm not saying that that makes it right for the decisions in America to be to have happened. Um but I think there does come a point where we can I can get caught up in my own little bubble and be like this is life for me and no everyone else is it's the same for everyone else what it's not. Like even yeah. when, when I went to Joburg, Johannesburg, like I was amazed. I was like, wow. This is, <laughs> like me moving, moving to Detroit. I was like, wow. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> so like. Culture shock. <laughs> huge culture so shock. Like it's, it's, it's wild. And I'm sure like you've been to some places on your travels. Um, and you're just like, whoa, I'm so fucking lucky. With yeah. Have. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So so lucky. Just yeah. It's weird. That got deep really fucking quick. <laughs> you said we weren't going to. I know. It got deep really <laughs> quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. 
life goes on. Um, let's go back to your career. I think people are going to be, I love, I love talking to you about your career because your career is so interesting. So like, let's, let's do a quick brief of what you do. Um, very quickly and then we can get into how it kind of got there we started with bang on but i think people are probably wondering what the fuck you do yeah, so what the fuck do you do um, <laughs> a little bit of this a little bit of that yeah. um i manage several artists um black coffee temba angelos um we're working to grow a roster um we actually launched our agency, Allegria Agency, back in 2020, after working together under a different entity for about four years. Mm. Um, so Allegria is our baby, and we're so proud of it. I work with, you know, the greatest artists. And I don't just say that because of their talent, just they're good people as well. Mm. They make it so easy for me. They make working a joy. Yeah. You know, I there's so many nightmares you hear. And I mean, I've worked with... <laughs> so, you know, we've all had these experiences. <laughs> so, oh dear. Yeah. yeah. That's it. It's pretty mad. Oh, it. That sounds so simple. That's no, it. <laughs> you, you do a lot of things and, and you turn a lot of cogs. Um <laughs> but how old are you? Twenty-eight. I'm a baby. You're a baby, <laughs> which I knew, but like it's mad to think you're twenty-eight years old and what you've achieved. And I, and I know it's really uh, without a con sounding condescending. Cause it's like age doesn't really matter if you know what I mean. You've yeah. ever since I've known you, you've fucking put the work in and you've eventually got to where you're at now. And not many 28 year olds can say that they managed one of the biggest artists in the world. And also you're the only manager in that sense right you are like the head of the manager and i know you've kind of worked your way up through through the ranks but that's that's gone quick for you it's really quick yeah definitely and like i said too i wouldn't have yeah pictured myself here in this point in time you know mm. i feel like all the things that we're achieving were far goals mm. you know like dreams almost totally. and you know sitting here with the grammy i, I brought it outside did I you bring to. it <laughs> i had to let's see it wow like this this is everything yeah. honestly like this was the most surreal moment i i don't know i mean there's no higher reward i feel like in what we do and mm. just sit there and win or not you know we were sitting there super anxious whether we won we didn't the nomination was there no one could take that from yeah. us and you know black coffee one of the most deserving humans yeah. on the planet he also is one of the hardest workers, you know, and I think a lot of his energy, I, I feed off of that. Yeah. And, and that's my fuel for the fire, you know, and, and he's super motivated. And as are all of the guys, they're always mm. coming with new ideas and just trying to break boundaries, do something new, you know, uh, not stay static. And I don't know, they just keep me on my toes. <laughs> no, I like that. But I think there's also comes a point of where you, you play your part in that as well. And, and I think, uh, a manager is another member of the team and you you just kind of mimic your artists needs and goals and anything else in between but you're also a huge part of why the artist is successful and 
not saying that you're not successful because of the artist and the artist isn't successful because of you, but like it, it becomes a team. Of course. And <clears throat> everything needs to work together. Exactly. And we've all been in teams where they don't work together and they can still be successful for a, for a period of time or for a period of time it is, it does work and then it kind of goes out and, and kind of it, it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. At what point in your career were you like, I want to become a manager? Honestly, I was back and forth. I mean, mm. so I started, like I said, blogging. Yeah. So that was my first foot in the door. Then I did an internship um, with a company called The Volume Group, which doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Um, but I worked with Claptone, Eagles and Butterflies, Hector, mm. Josh Butler, um, a bunch of other artists. Mm. And that was kind of my first you know, view into the management world. Um, but I was just an intern and I was, I don't want to say I was getting bored, but I knew that I was destined to do more and, Mm. you know, was just very hungry. So then that's actually when I went to bang on as well, then worked on the event side. And I think being on the event side made me realize, you know, I don't want to be in a club till 6am every night. I'm a machine behind the computer on calls, you know, like I'm not the person. I mean, of course it comes with the territory. I'm in the club every week. You have to be, but I don't want to be on the road. I don't want to be, you know, production manager. Mm. I think I just realized, you know, my strong traits and I'm a very organized person, a very driven person. So for me, it kind of just turned into a no brainer Mm. and, um, yeah, I mean, with the position, so when I was looking to leave Bang On or, you know, to evolve a bit more, I had actually gone to my friend Shauna, who yeah. manages the Martinez brothers and had asked her for work. And, you know, I was like, I know I don't have much experience, but I'm eager to learn. And she didn't have a space at the time, um, but she had connected me with my old boss, Lionel. Yeah. And from there, yeah, just kind of took off. <laughs> took on. But I, I guess... I, learning to be a manager because i think there's a lot of people out there that listen to this podcast or just generally in life that want to be in the music industry but don't want to be the artist right or maybe they think that they can't be the artist they don't have a creative bone in their body so they're like okay how do we become how do i still work in the in the industry and but not as an artist um and there's so many of those jobs like it's mad how many people are oh, actually yeah. behind there's more people behind the scenes than there is like in front oh yeah was there a point where you ever wanted to be an artist no way no way i don't like the spotlight yeah. i kind of like being behind the scenes and being like the silent sniper if you will yeah, you yeah. know yeah. i'll never forget actually um the first time black coffee played coachella I offered to go put his sticks into the CDJs so he didn't ruin his like big entry, you know, and I regretted it immediately. (laughs) I ran out, everyone started screaming, shouting, thinking it was the next DJ. I remember turning into a tomato, like covering my face. Yeah. So no, that is not a place for me. (laughs) I like that. I like that. And when from started, when you previously in, in your previous, the previous company, when you went going into that company, was it always on your mind to be like, I want to be a manager or was it more so a process? Not really, to be honest. Mm. And I feel like, 
you'll never know. Yeah. I mean, that kind of sounds weird, but so many people have been pushing me, you know, start your own company, do your own thing. You're I've ready. told you so many times that. Yeah, as you've well. been telling me for like <laughs> 10 years now <laughs> and you amongst others. And yeah. I was always like, oh, I have more to learn. I have more yeah. to learn. And that was uh, the, answer. the truth right. is you're never actually ready. Never. You just need to take that leap of faith and, mm. and run with it and, you know, trust in yourself, mm. trust your dopeness, just, you know, whatever's inside of you that's pushing. And yeah. yeah, that's really it. I mean, you're learning every day, like I said before, and there's no right time. No. There was no moment where I was like, I need to be a manager. Mm. Even up until two years ago when we started the company, you know, it was all like, all right, we're doing this. Yeah. And this is it. And <laughs> it just flew. <laughs> well, I think, it, I think sometimes, isn't it as well? It's like, you see what you've got in front of you and what you can work with and see how you can kind of get an outcome from it and, and move forward from it. Um, but I guess for you two years ago, that was during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So you're going into start, you're 26 at that time. Yeah. So you're 26 going into a company or starting your own company with black coffee and going, I'm gonna have my own management company. What, <laughs> what, if you, I wanna try and get a bit deeper onto the feelings, is like, <laughs> how does that feel? And also, how does that feel me saying that now as well? It still feels surreal, honestly. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like sometimes I wake up and I pinch myself. Like yeah. I, I feel like I'm living in a movie, mm. especially the last year. It's just been a whirlwind of positive things getting thrown at us. Not thrown at us. We were working really hard, but it's all just coming together. You know, I say the stars aligned. Um, but it takes how much hard work has it taken to get there? <laughs> ask Adam ask my fiance yeah I know right yeah he's always like all right remember to breathe remember to eat <laughs> you know I'm here I exist yeah Lesson, but, but also he's doing this, his thing as well yeah no it, it helps you know to have a partner that really understands the world you're coming from and the yeah. goals you're after you know because he believes in my dreams just as much as I do mm. um without that I feel like none of this would be possible mm. And the same, you know, going back to that moment when we opened the company, you know, I remember getting the call from Black Coffee saying, you know, we're doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, we? <laughs> what do you mean, we? Who, who's we? Yeah. And, you know, I still relive that moment in my mind sometimes, you know, because having an artist that, of course, is, you know, on the rise yeah. at the top of his game and just having his full trust and his belief, that meant more than anything you know that was the the moment where i'm like okay i'm here where i belong mm. and no more messing around <laughs> yeah i think it gets real then right totally so totally. I, so i i don't know if you can talk about this but and tell me if you can't it's totally fine <laughs> um but when black coffee called you you didn't have a clue oh, hold on they're trying to catch someone Helicopter. <laughs> the cops are about <laughs> <laughs> they already know what's yeah. coming. <laughs> oh, man. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we're good. Sorry. So so when when Black Coffee called you, did did you have an idea that it was it was gonna happen? No. Wow. Also, we should include this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but no, I didn't. 
I really didn't. I mean, I knew there we- was a change coming, but I didn't know I would be a part of it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How does that make you feel? I mean, again, it's just, you know, artists, they have a funny way of showing their appreciation. Mm. You know, you can get a thank you and a text and a hug when you see them, but you know, you're, you're slaving over this thing 24 seven. And Mm. I don't want to say underappreciated because that's not it at all. I know the artists value everything we do, but sometimes you just need that like instant gratification. And I feel like that moment was just that, you know, like everything that I had been working towards, Mm. it was just solidified then, you know, I believe in you. We're doing this. (laughs) No, I love that. And it's really interesting. I want to go more into that where it's, as a manager, because I can probably see it from as an artist point of view, where it's just always like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Like, well done. We've done this. What's next? Yeah. How is that as a manager? Are you the same or is it, are you like, okay, let's sit back and evaluate this and kind of live with it for a little bit and then we can be what's no next? No. <laughs> The music industry doesn't stop for anyone. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like we walked off the stage at the Grammy and I'm like, all right, what's the next record we're releasing, you know? So wild, but that. It's so wild, that. You forward thinking. I think the best managers are always five steps ahead, you know? You you can't sit back and wait to see what everyone's doing around you. And um, actually, one of my colleagues, Sam, she always says, you know, the leader of the pack never looks behind, mm. always straight ahead, never look to your left, to your right, behind. Just focus, keep your eye on the prize. And that's a motto I use every day now, you know? It's it's how do we advance? What's right for us? And, and always doing something different, you know? Because I feel like, it can become robotic at times, Mm. this industry, you know, it's like, all right, the release is here, the promo windows two weeks before the tour is six months before, you know, but Mm. thinking outside the box, trying to reinvent things. It's what's kept us where we are, you know, and, and how we're evolving all of the guys. Well, I think, I think there's, or there's, there's no rules to this industry. And I think it's, sure. it's very easy for us to be formulaic and kind of make rules for ourselves. But if you want to put out a, rap, put out a record every day, you can put out a record every day. If you want to mm-hmm. put one record out a year, you can put one record out a year. If you want to do one show or if you want to do a hundred shows, it's up to you. Um, it's just down to you to make that whatever you plan to do work. Um, when you're working with, let's just, you, I want to, I want to go to like a smaller artist and then go to a bigger artist or whatever. So if you're taking on a new artist, what do you look for in an artist? For me, it's always an artist. That's not just a DJ, not just a face, you know, they have to have something that speaks more than the music. Mm. Um, you know, something that keeps me on my toes is these different projects we work on outside of the music space you know mm. so whether it's the sync world i mean that's technically still music but yeah. you know, different. fashion deals yeah. brand endorsements whatever yeah. it may be and i feel like you know the best artists they can diversify themselves like that and they're not 
just a strong presence behind the decks. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they can come, they can play, smash a performance, but they can also, you know, be the businessman or mm-hmm. woman. They can also be the entrepreneur. They can wear many hats. So yeah. for me, that's how I always look at it. You know, and when there's artists knocking on the door, what is that? wow factor you know what sets them aside from everyone else especially now in 2022 you know everyone's a dj these days Mm. it's really interesting you say that and that excites me listening to that as a mate of yours because there's so many art managers that i know and there's so many artists that i know that only think they can do one thing yeah and and only concentrate on one thing and i think it's i think it's so important for anyone as a human being to be able to do multiple things definitely and it's about the legacy you want to leave behind you know i'm always saying that word to the guys the legacy you know what what happens in 10 years 20 years when you don't want to be touring six days a week you know and when and when you're not relevant yeah like true we've we all know there's so many artists that had like let's look at the old like old chicago boys right or old new york guy look at mk like like we all know mk he had a huge amount of success in his selling records in the 90s and then had zero success up until like 10 years ago mm-hmm. and in between that time like what is you have one record that everyone knows yeah and, and, and i'm not diminishing that um but if you diversify, you have a lot more to keep talking about. Definitely. And I think also the pandemic opened our eyes to that more too, you know, like, Mm. all right, you guys aren't touring. Where's the income? How are you going to feed your kids? You know, it's got to come from somewhere. You can't always just be on the road. (laughs) I guess, does it for for you, is it nice to not always talk about music as well as a manager? If you're dealing with brand deals, if you're dealing with other things, it's like something else for you to go and learn. It's cool. You know, yeah, there's that aspect. I'm learning every day, but I also love, you know, it it keeps it fresh. Mm. You know, like I was saying before too, it does become very routine in this industry. So to be able to do something new, dive into new worlds and and meeting so many different people, you know, I, I never thought I'd be in a meeting with, you know, Mike Amiri talking about custom suits or a company we want to start or, you know, it's just things that, they felt so distant and Mm. I love when we're able to bridge our worlds with the outside world. Yeah. But the thing is, is it's not really the outside world, right? It's like what you're talking about is still creative, creative people like fashion, which I know you've worked in, in the past with, with your artists, like this, that it's a, it's like the little sister or the big sister of the music industry they all fit hand in hand and it's amazing to me how many artists don't look at that as another side of their business yeah i think i mean the best person rest in peace virgil i mean of course music wasn't at the forefront for him but he's the modern day Renaissance man, you know, he yeah. took on DJing, he took on music, he took on art, mm. everything, you know, and, and he did it with grace and poise till his very last breath. And I feel yeah. like that opened a lot of eyes and doors for people. Um, even within the music industry too, you know, I feel like people are taking more risks. Mm. Um, they're doing things outside of their comfort zone. 
like, you know, going back to when we released the song with David Guetta, I remember people were saying, what are you guys doing? I remember David you texting me going, commercial, I'm, yeah. you, are you, you text, crazy? You text me going, I'm not too sure what the fuck we're doing right now. <laughs> but I love it. Well, look, it's now the biggest tune Black Coffee's ever released, you yeah. know? And, and that was just taking a jump, doing something different and... Uh, that inspired the whole album that won a mm. Grammy that opened a door, you know, you know, now you see Solomon collaborating with Jamie Foxx, you yeah. see kind music on Drake's album, you know, yeah. who would have thought, you know, these are things that seemed so far and even just four or five years ago. And now I feel like everyone's eyes have opened and yeah, there's no territory you can't touch. <laughs> no, I, I really like that. And I think it's a really important thing for people to hear because it's it's very easy to get caught up on one record label, trying to sign to one record label and trying to support one artist or trying to headline one show or trying to do something. And I think there's a, a handful of artists that, and you manage one of them definitely with Black Coffee that just does different things. And totally. and I think there comes what it is there a level where you have to get to get for those other things to kind of open the doors? Yes and no. I mean, I think there's always room to jump into these other mm. sectors. Um, but you know, at the level, say black coffee is maybe not, yeah. but I feel like there's always room, you know, even with Temba now, he released his uh, first studio album on Armada last year. Yeah, uh, It was a big success. It wasn't a pure dance music album. Mm. You know, I don't know if you listened at all, but it was... No, I didn't it, know he released it. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I have to send it to you. Yeah, it's please amazing. Do. But he took his African roots and he put his flavor on it and, and put a spin on things. And that opens so many doors, you know, because at the same time, we don't have to just make dance floor hits. 100%. We can go, we can make music that feels right, that feels good to them, that mm. feels pure. So, yeah, I mean, and in terms of the other sectors like we were saying i feel like these types of things open those doors as well mm. you know like we did a mini documentary around the album mm. a lot of artists wouldn't have done that you know it's just that release schedule and that's it and yeah i feel like there's there's so many things artists just can't get caught up in doing the norm you know no. chase after whatever makes you happy whatever fuels your fire uh, yeah and i think that's the thing is it's very easy to be to like have a team where it's like this is coming out this you, you we're spending this much money on the record we need to keep it within these parameters because we don't know if the record's going to be successful and we can't do anything too creative because we don't have the money or we don't want to spend the money but i'm also like fucking go and spend the money yeah go and you have to invest in your own your own self yeah go and do something that like really makes you happy and you're, you've always done this so well you know like when you went and started the label and then you started doing your merch thing you're doing the podcast like you're investing in your own career like it's not like someone's telling you you have to do this podcast you no. know you have to you have to have a label you know you went out and did your thing like it's it's so cool it's a lot of artists get caught up and yeah I yeah and i but i think it i think it comes down to eventually of just like getting to a point in your career where you don't necessarily fit in anywhere 
mm. or you don't want to fit in. Yeah. Because I think like even let's look at the artist way that you look after, right? Like none of them really fit in anywhere. Yeah. So they have to do their own thing. And, totally. And I think it's very easy as a, as it's very, even for managers, even for agents, right? It's very easy for them to just go like, okay, I like Jamie Jones. I'm going to go get the whole Hot Creations roster. And then we can just do Paradise Parties. We can do Hot Creations Parties. Easy, right? Mm -hmm. But you, I then find like the best agents and the best managers are the people that find artists that they can do so many other things with and they can like build something. Yeah, and we're doing this right now with Temba. You know, he's he's starting his first residency in Ibiza this yeah. season. It's a new club. You know, there's a lot of growing Where, pains. Where's he going? Uh, club Chinois. So it's previously Heart. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so they did a lot of renovations. Mm. It's There's a lot to, to improve on, but it's so exciting for us, you know, to really start from the ground up. I mean, we've done this with Black Coffee at High, and now mm. it's one of the most successful nights on the island. And mm. yeah, I mean, truth be told, there's no formula for it. Yeah. It's bust your ass until the work's done. <laughs> How do you, as I'm, I know we're skipping around a bit, but it's quite interesting because my manager used to be Black Coffee's agent. So, yes. <laughs> so, you know, Ryan pretty well as well. Yeah. Um, but how obviously you have to be at a certain level in as to get a residency in Ibiza, um, mm -hmm. especially at a venue like High. Mm -hmm. How when that when that deal gets done, OK, where you're you're the resident at Ushuaia for whatever night it is and then as a team what's the next next thing from from that deal happening yeah because there's so much pressure on that oh yeah I mean it's it's funny because I look back and where we started the residency at high and where we are now yeah. it's night and day like even yeah, just yeah. looking at the artwork you can tell we've never done this before you yeah, know? yeah totally yeah yeah <laughs> so we go back and I think our approach is very unique mm. um, in that basically all that we do, we want to give back, especially, you know, to the African continent. So even just down to the artwork, you know, yeah. every year we commission a different artist this year. It's a girl from South Africa, Nay Nay. And, you know, like th it's these small details that make all the difference, you know, mm. because you can go, you can play, you can have the same lineup. Mm -hmm as every club you yeah. can do a generic artwork but it's these small details and i feel like we've built a community and and for me that's most important you know you mm. see the same faces every saturday people are hyped about it when there's no shows going on yeah. so yeah i mean there's so much that goes into a residency mm. um and even still you know it's been well we're going on five years now mm. well with covid in the middle but you're still we're learning something new every week you know yeah. even in terms of production i go to the club and i'm like well, this looks good what is this you know yeah. and, and every week we're tweaking we're adjusting you know just trying to evolve in whatever space it is mm. whether it's the lineup the artwork you know performers mm. everything i mean there's so much and we're lucky though i will say especially you know with high they're the best team in the world yeah. i mean they were just voted number one club in the world and there is a reason for it mm. like they're a machine the way they operate it's it's unmatched yeah. <laughs> yeah i guess that's the thing is like when it must be very different and i i've i kind of want to know from 
did the lights just go? I think it's just starting to get really dark <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> um, the, 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 the difference between working with a big artist and a, and a developing artist, right? Um, what do you prefer? It's hard to say because they both have their, their pros and cons. Mm. I think it's cool with the developing artist because there's less, I don't want to say pressure because that's not it, but less expectation. And with that, you have more freedom to try and get creative yeah. and, you know, think outside the box. Um, you know, with the bigger artists, it's more of a machine at that point because, you know, the actual general operation is working and yeah. whatever we're doing is right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so it's more of these things that pop up along the way. Mm. Um, so it's hard to say. I mean, I also love the fact that with a smaller artist, like, you know, I'll never forget Temba's first headline show here in New York. We yeah. sold out and, and that feeling, you know, walking on stage and you're like, all right, we can bring people just with his name. You know, yeah. it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's such a cool feeling. Um, yeah. What's the process with that though for, for you? Okay. So you're as a manager, let's just say for Temba, um, books a headline show in New York. Mm -hmm. What do you then do as a manager? I, Cause I, I, well, I'm, I know what you do, but I'm trying to get at like to kind of teach other people what you do and kind of the process of, it's not as easy as it is as you just put a show on and turn up. So like, what yeah, is the process? No. So we always, well, of course, you know, have to find an announcement plan, what the artwork will look like, um, booking support acts mm. when it's our own headline show, um, trying to find local press and, and media that will cover it or, mm. you know, want to do an interview with him ahead of it. Um, and then I am super anal about this. I don't know if every manager is like this, but I'm obsessive with numbers. Like mm. promoters probably hate me because I'm always asking for ticket counts. I'm always asking, you know, are ads running properly? Is there something we can be doing more? Mm. I never want an artist to go and feel like the show wasn't a smash. Yeah. So for me, it's like just getting super involved, you know? And I do think I have a very hands-on approach. Mm -hmm. Not to say that, I'm doing something, you know, outside yeah, the box, yeah, yeah. but a lot of managers, I think, you know, they do go with the flow and, mm. uh, I don't know. We just want excellence and, and we'll push in any means we can to get there. No, I think that's really important because it actually shows as well. And I think unless somebody has like a standout hit, it's a process, it's a journey to build an artist. And I don't, oh, necessarily think that having a standout hit is actually the way to go to start a career i think maybe long term down the road yeah but, but i think growing a fan base on just good music yeah and, and, and people can expect something you know exactly like you have to build that that identity yeah i think it's really important have you have you worked with anybody that is just had a straight up standout hit and then their career goes like that? Because I feel like all of the artists you work with have always just built foundations. Because Black Coffee's been doing it yeah. for years. 
Not really. Although, let's see. So Sona, who's actually Black Coffee's son, yeah. um, he's starting to tour a bit more now. And he was just on Drake's album. So imagine he's never Jesus released a record Christ. in his life and he's on Drake's album. <laughs> so let's see. We got a lot of booking requests in the last few weeks. So I'll come back to you on that one. That's mental. <laughs> yeah. How old is really he? Good one too. He's 22. <sighs> Yeah, the future, the future. Uh, that's like, the, what did you think of Drake's album? I, I mean, of course, it's the Sona really records, the best album. record ever. <laughs> Are they watching right now? <laughs> but no, I think um, it was such a great time for dance music, especially um, going back to what we were saying earlier about our worlds colliding and people taking risks. And, you know, Black Coffee was there from the inception of the album. Mm. And, you know, he had gone off to a studio session with Drake for a week in Turks mm. and Caicos and they kind of built the foundation there. Mm. And then you know, Drake really wanted to get more into our world yeah. and see what we do and invite artists to come collaborate. So, you know, there was Gordo, there was the kind music guys, Ryex is on the album as yeah. well. Um, I just, I think it's a big moment for us. Um, I know obviously, you know, Swedish house mafia and the weekend had done it before, but I feel like that taps a little bit more into that kind of commercial lane, if you will. Um, and I feel like it gives, I don't want to say we're in the underground world because we're not, you know, we sit somewhere in between both worlds, but I feel like it gives... if you're getting Grammys and you're selling fucking, <laughs> you're not in the underground world at all. Like no. let's, let's be, let's be realistic. Like I'm not in the underground world and no. I sell half as many, not even half as many tickets. But you're the same coffee. too. You know, you sit in between those pockets, yeah. like you're not commercial, but yeah. you're not underground, you know, you sit somewhere in yeah, between. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it was a big statement for, artists like yourself and and you know artists that have these ambitions to to do something new mm. take that leap of faith i mean that that was the most exciting part for me and i think it's going to open a lot of doors for people and artists and we're excited to see where this expands too you know like the album is just the beginning of of a story that's to come with yeah. drake and his team and yeah i'm excited to see i mean imagine Two weeks ago, Rampa and me dropped the Drake song at Circle Loco mm. in the garden. You know, you're at Circle Loco hearing Drake. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 I'm not, if I'm honest, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah. And <laughs> fair enough. Like, yeah, no, like we're all allowed our own opinions. Like, I feel, I, I'm really excited for the scene. I'm really excited for what it, how it speaks to the industry i think it's very important like beyonce's new record as well like it's yeah. practically an old 90s mk yeah. record it's fucking amazing and i really respect that but i think for me for the for the drake's album i i didn't know it was going to happen so i had no expectations when no it, one did yeah <laughs> we barely did yeah which is i love i think that speaks a million words for the for the industry and i know it's drake i know he can do what the fuck he wants he can fart yeah. and it will be a big hit if you know what i mean but <laughs> i think being able to just drop an album without talking about it is really special um totally even for us it was something different you know yeah i wouldn't like, advise oh, it <laughs> you know well there is no press plan like press yeah. is just gonna come it's fine <laughs> yeah which i think you can only 
you can i don't know can you do that if you were if you're a developing artist i don't know it's tricky it's, it's really tricky i mean the thing too is you know he automatically gets yeah. the editorial support from apple spotify yeah. deezer whatever the platforms are amazon mm. um you know and as an emerging artist you know this yeah. playlist pushes everything yeah. you know if you don't get visibility on playlist then your numbers yeah it's it's the sad reality you know there's mm. so much great music out there that just doesn't see the light of day because yeah. of that because of these algorithms that go on and and the people yeah. at the top like let's let's be honest like i'm not complaining about it because i've been fortunate enough to have enough support over the years but yeah. the the industry is really gatekept by 20 people yeah it's true and i don't think that's i don't think that's a healthy thing but also being in the industry it is what it is and it's never going to change it it's always been like that and i don't think you can ever change it so We're working on something yeah <laughs> there much now but uh tell me after uh, forward thinking. <laughs> but but i think like it's also like you just have to do the best of what you can do. And uh, I was talking, I just had a podcast before you, but it's like, there's so much luck in this involved in this. Oh yeah. Like you can be, there's no rhyme or reason. No. Half the time. You can be the hardest working person and still not get anywhere for so long. And then you'll do something that you're like, ah, fuck it. Let's just do it. And then it's the biggest thing you've ever done. Yeah, it's true. It hits you when you least expect mm -hmm. it, I think. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, I want to go back to that re the record stuff. Um, and how, how do you measure success of a record as a manager? That's a tricky one. You know, I'm very obsessed with numbers, <laughs> but numbers don't mean everything. I had this conversation earlier, you know, certain artists are like, all right, well, I want to release a 20 minute song on Spotify. Yeah. That performs like shit on Spotify. Mm. But if it's something you believe in and it's something that can push the culture forward and, and you want to release it, I say go for it, you know? Mm. But in terms of success, I mean, it's hard, especially, you know, coming out of this COVID world, it's a little bit more manageable, you know? But imagine we're dropping an album during COVID. No DJs are playing the music. No one cares about it. You know, how do you get that visibility? And I think that opened our eyes up a lot because a lot of the success is weighed on the support you have from other artists, you know, yeah, um, big or small, um, how much the records played out in clubs, because at the end of the day, dance music, you know, it's of course people stream it, but it wasn't made for streaming. No. You know, it's, it's made to be blasted in a club yeah. and, uh, yeah, it's a tricky one, though. Um, I would say, though, by by support, especially like, you know, a track is really hot. If you see all the top DJs playing it, yeah. you know, every video you see on Instagram, it's yeah, it's a tricky one, though. I think it's also changed after COVID because I think pre-COVID it was like, oh, maybe coming into COVID it was changing, but like. There wasn't many records. I find because everyone's, there's so much music now and every artist yeah. is making so much music that it's like, I want my record to be the biggest record. I want my record to do this. Yeah. So it's like a lot of it's not even like, we're not even post, like there's people that don't even post other people's records that they're playing. It might be the biggest yeah. record in their set, but they're not posting, they're not talking about it. 
and I think mm-hmm. it's it's tough now even even now it's like tough that I don't feel there's since COVID I don't feel like there's been any records where everyone's playing yeah it's true it's true and huh. I don't know now why about it <laughs> I don't, I don't know why that is. Where's the smash? We need another smash. Come on. Pressure's on. <laughs> Pressure's on. I've actually got, I've got a fucking, I did a, I did a Depeche Mode remix. Of, really? Of Enjoy the Silence. Sick. Like I did it like last year and everyone is playing it at the moment, but it's like, we can't even release it. We can't put it out. But of course it's Depeche Mode. Like, of course people are going to Never play. say never. <sighs> <laughs> I agree with that, but <laughs> when you're trying to deal with Depeche Mode, <laughs> like we we asked them to if we could kill, clear the publishing, and they were like, "You have yeah. to get you have to get it resung." And I'm like, oh Ar- my God. "Artistically, like it's not Depeche Mode then, so yeah. it's not worth it." And then as they sent that, they also then sent a, de- a cease and desist, and we're like, <laughs> "Just a heads up, if you do decide to release this, this is <laughs> this is the cease and desist." <laughs> no way! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's tricky. We've gotten lucky on some. Like one of my proudest ones was um, Blondish did um, a cover for Foreigner. Yeah, I want to know what love is, and I happened to meet someone that did like their financial advising in Ibiza, and I'm like, hey, I need. (laughs) (laughs) And somehow we we made it happen, you know. I love that. Yeah, lucky sometimes, but you do. Like I had it. I had it with Hallelujah. I had it with Hallelujah, my record. Like, oh yeah, it was that was wild, and we tried. We nearly got sued. We like we had cease and desist sent to us. If anyone doesn't know, it's a sample of Candy Staten, um, and a certain record label had signed the master, and we had it resung. But I ended up talking to Candy Staten's daughter. Like mm. that's how I ended up getting round. Like, wow. <laughs> it's just sometimes it's, it's the only way you just have to find that weird one-off person you know <laughs> yeah but i think that's the whole fun of it right if it was all easy yeah. it wouldn't be worth it totally totally but, it's crazy too it's such a fine line like i don't know sometimes how these guys get away with it because you know releasing a cover is like technically okay mm. but it's such a fine line between what's a cover and you know what's not yeah because people do get away with it you know sometimes i hear things and i'm like you definitely didn't get the rights for this but oh, all the time just barely get away with it well look at bb with hanging tree <laughs> he's on fire by the way <laughs> exactly he's killing it but like look what like there's been so many of those situations right where you ask for forgiveness rather than and i think there does come a point where you sometimes you just have to ask for forgiveness and yeah and uh, hope for the best and hope like what's the worst what's the worst that's gonna happen or hope no one hears it (laughs) yeah but that's fuck yeah hope no one important hears it (laughs) i don't i don't condone that (laughs) every time i send ryan a record with a sample and he's like for fuck's sake will like not again (laughs) why do you do this to ourselves Temba has one coming out next week while he did a cover of um, a Sting song, Fragile. Yeah. Uh, That was a tricky one too, but Mm. so cool. So, so happy we got to get that one over the line. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like with this Depeche Mode, I could get it as a, I could get it resung and I could pay somebody a lot of money that's very good and to get it 
done like a hundred percent so it sounds like them and then and then we could probably release it um but then it's like well it kind of defeats the object and also yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's just not the same. Maybe I'll just get you on it, Chrissy. You're going to <laughs> Let's <it>. go. Fun <laughs> fact, I was in like all county choir. I was in the church choir. <laughs> I didn't mean you sing it. I meant you go and clear it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm ready to sing. <laughs> okay, you're on. Game on. <laughs> um. So are you, are you current? You, the company started. Mm-hmm. You're managing artists. Mm-hmm. You need staff. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Um, so we're actually a really small team and no one, everyone's always shocked when I tell them. So it started off as me and Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam also came with us from our old setup as well and yeah. actually has been with Black Coffee even longer than myself. Mm-hmm. Um, back, She's in South Africa and you know was cool. there from day one. Oh, yeah, pretty much yeah. Um, like seven, eight years, something like mm. that. Um, and then it's just one other person with us. Um, this girl, Amanda, who we brought on, who's handling bookings now and she's killing it. But yeah, we're a super small team. Um, you know, of course, we always have these conversations to expand, but I won't lie. It's really, really hard to find mm-hmm. like-minded people that are just driven, you know, because I feel like a lot of people get into this industry and they see it as the glitz and the glamour and the party and that's not it. You know, and a load of money. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I think everyone thinks you're really rich and you're earning a fortune and you're gonna get you're gonna yeah. go in and get Here paid. Here I am a sitting in the backyard of my one bedroom <laughs> shoebox apartment in Brooklyn. At least you got a fucking <laughs> garden. You should be grateful. <laughs> I am. Uh, this is unheard of in New York. <laughs> yeah but, uh, it's it's, it's yeah, interesting it's, it's really hard to find people mm. um and i'm very particular too you know because i am a go-getter and yeah. i like things done a certain way so but i think yeah, that's that's the reason why you're successful and i think that's if I, if i was to say to anybody to like if they wanted to go and work for you like you have to be pretty much a little you and be willing yeah. to go and you're you're willing like I, I remember when you moved to Ibiza and the amount of work that you were doing 24 7 yeah and it's the same for any artist I don't think people realize how much hard work you have to put in to the craft uh, no one realizes you know everyone just thinks you know we show up stick your USBs in yeah. play for two hours and leave but no it's way deeper than that <laughs> you know sometimes you forget about yourself like that's my biggest obstacle mm. you know remembering i'm still human i'm not a robot you know mm. sometimes i also need to take a step back and how do you handle that i don't very well mm. <laughs> um adam definitely helps yeah uh, but yeah, I, I very easily get caught up in just the hustle and bustle. And I don't know if that's just the person I am or a New Yorker or the position mm. I'm in. But I know I, yeah, I don't know when to, to pump the brakes. Mm. And it can be daunting at times, you know, it's, you also can't burn out. You know, there's yeah. so many people depending on you to be there every day and to deliver. And it can get exhausting and, and sometimes mentally overwhelming. Um I used to really practice a lot of yoga Mm. and meditation and 
admittedly, I've not been so great with that the last yeah. months. Um, but yeah, pushing to get back in that space. But, you know, it's so important to be in a good headspace in this industry too. You know, mm. like people don't remember mental health is also at the forefront of things and yeah. it's really easy to get lost. Super easy. How do you, as a manager, like this is the crazy thing as a manager, especially you, cause I, I know how hard you work, but like, I think some people find it easy to just go and switch off and kind of take time out and do their own thing. But also I know you don't. So, but as a manager, you're also looking after other artists and you have to make sure they're in the correct, you don't have to make sure it sounds like you're babysitting, but you do as a, no, as it's a true. Role. we like, joke that guys sometimes say like, okay, mom, yeah. you know, like, I'm like, did you bring your earplugs? Exactly. Today? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, but how, how do you do that if you don't do it for yourself? It's tricky. I mean, it really does come down to, I feel like I, am sometimes like a road mom you know yeah. I feel like that motherly instinct inside of me is like and this is just me as a person too I mm. always just put everyone else first mm. that's how I've been that's how I was raised yeah. and whether it's a good thing or not I don't know you know at times I should worry about myself a little more mm. um, but it's good you know I, I have the guys are always there to remind me my fiance, my family, my friends. Yeah. I mean, we joke, you know, Temba's like, what happens when you want to have a baby? Are you just going to forget about us? I'm like, don't worry. Like I'll be upside down, like cradling the baby, you know, on the <laughs> ball. Like stopping's not an option, yeah. you know, I'm Do you not done yet. <laughs> Do you want kids? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Not Love yet. That. One thing at a time. Yeah. I always joke. Yeah. I'm like, I already have three kids, uh, two South Africans. And a green. <laughs> which is mad because they're all older than you right yeah yeah and they all have kids and yeah it's funny though i mean you have to kind of play that mom figure too in a sense i feel like you know good managers they you have to have that relationship and also be able to have those tough talks you know like if you see your artist getting a little lost or yeah. they feel off or you know, I've had conversations like, are you doing okay? Are you feeling okay? Are you depressed? You know, yeah. is something bothering you? Because that reflects in their performances as well. And yeah, we're not robots. No. We all forget that. We all yeah. think we're invincible in this industry, but it's not true. <laughs> do you, do they ever say that to you? Yes, actually the guys are good. Like good. they'll say, oh, you're looking tired. Like, did you rest? And if I'm not well, they, they push me to take care of myself. Yeah the good thing um i'm not sure all artists are like that but i i really say it proudly like i have just amazing men before the yeah. artistry <laughs> well i think i think that's the reason why as a team you guys work so well because i think for me i can only speak from experience but my previous managers i didn't necessarily have that connection with and mm -hmm. i think a manager although there's a job role name, a job name connected to that as a manager. It's kind of like the silent half of you. Yeah. And I think it's, I talk to Ryan more than I talk to anybody in my life. Maybe I talk to my parents a bit more when I'm near them, but like when yeah. I'm, <laughs> when I'm not around them, I don't, I speak to Ryan more than my parents. And totally. I think you have to have that, that, relationship with 
your manager. I have friends that don't talk to their managers and I'm like, that's just how. No, and, and it has to be personal, you know, like, of course, when it's down to business, it's down to business, but I want to know if you're having a bad day. I want to know if your wife's giving you a headache, yeah, you know, yeah, I want to yeah. know yeah. all these things. I want to be able to help. Like I joke sometimes, but I'm like, I'm also partially a therapist, you know, yeah. like I'm always here to, to talk and you have to be, you know, you get so caught up and you forget about what's important. I think the pandemic helped a lot with that though, yeah. you know, reminding yourself like all right when the music stops what's there my family my friends you know the roof over my head we're so lucky but we take it all for granted i think it's really nice though because you're you bring this female way of more female way of living which is more feeling based which i think it's very easy as guys to like not have that and my my mum's a therapist so I was brought up talking about my feelings my whole life but like even working with Ryan like Ryan's a fucking old agent like agents no disrespect to agents you're all fucking machines (laughs) (laughs) you're all machines literally and like it's business like it's strict business with agents and although I have fucking great agents like it's still strict business I, I feel so even with Ryan, it's like it's I push to kind of like get more out of him in that sense, because I think it's so important in a relationship to have that, not just as a working relationship, but just as a friendship. Like totally. I, most of my good friends, we talk, we have deep conversations, really deep conversations about how we feel and how they feel and kind of think just life. And I, and I think if you don't have that, there's there's a, a time limit to that relationship. Definitely. Definitely. You have to have an open line of communication about everything. Mm. You know, the weirdest of things comes up, but yeah, yeah, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> that we're not allowed to put in for another day. Yeah. <laughs> are you, um, are you spending much time in Ibiza this summer? Yeah. So I'm basically doing like two weeks in, two weeks out um, with all the wedding planning and all. It's it's good too, you know, because also when you're on the island, you kind of lose focus Mm -hmm. on the global scheme of things. It's just, it's It's, a fact. You're there and all you see is Ibiza. Ibiza. That's it. Well, I think, I think also because Ibiza is 24, seven, seven days a week. It's actually really hard to focus on anything else because you just get trapped up in this, uh, this tiny little island where, the whole industry is at for a day a week, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. And No, for sure. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like you live a parallel life. Like I always say this to Adam when I come home, mm. like it feels like a different world, yeah. you know? Yeah, Even yeah. just the way I'm treated and the way I'm mm-hmm. like respected there. It's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's totally different. Well, I think you got to think like Ibiza, although it has such a big weight on our industry, it's the bi- it's one of the biggest influences in our industry, I would say, in in, oh, the, yeah. in the underground electronic music industry. We forget that there's a bigger world out there. Yeah. Right. And when totally. you when you're you are technically working with one of the biggest artists on on the island if not one of the bi- the biggest night on the island you're fucking royalty if you know what yeah. i mean and then when you come off that it's like 
I'm not that in New York. I'm not that yeah. anywhere. I'm <laughs> not. Reality slaps yeah. you in the face. <laughs> or you get on that fucking easy jet flight and you're like, damn, what is yeah. life? <laughs> <laughs> Go from jet to willing real yeah, quick. <laughs> literally. Um, but I think that's really important to be able to experience that in life because it makes you grow as a human being and realize what actually matters in life. Definitely. Definitely. How is it with working with artists that are earning extreme amounts of money and the do you believe in spending money to create comfort to make that artist's life easier definitely definitely i think um it's something that took a while for me to process. Mm. I won't lie. Like I'm very frugal with yeah. numbers. And I like to protect the guys and, you know, make them as much as I can. Yeah. But then taking a step back, I think, you know, seeing black coffee again to use him as an example, yeah. but his touring schedule is crazy. You know, like he has to fly on a jet or else yeah. he won't make it to all of his gigs, you know, and, mm. and, you know, he should stay in a suite. He deserves to, you know, he worked for that and yeah. for him to perform at his peak, yeah, he should treat himself as best as he can, you know, mm. and I, I think that goes for all the guys. And we always try to take that into mind. You know, I think a lot of times teams kind of forget, you know, at the end of the day, you guys are getting on flights day in mm. and day out. Yeah. You're not eating well, you know, you're not resting yeah. well. Like you guys have it really tough. You know, people think again, the, the glitz and glam, but it's, it's not that as a touring artist. Mm. So I think when you can get those moments of, you know, self-care or yeah. love you know it's important when you can <laughs> no I, I think yeah I think you're right I think I can forget that as well occasionally and you're like penny pinching and you're like well yeah. like fuck's sake dude like go and spend five hundred dollars if you have to to get a nice hotel for a exactly. night like it's expensive but yeah fuck it like yeah. Even if you can't afford it, go and yeah. enjoy it because it's going to come back. Day, if you're staying in a shit hotel and flying on a super low cost airline, and, you know, you're going to go to your gig. You're not going to be as positive. Mm -hmm. You're not yeah. going to deliver. At the end of the day, like you can't just show up and perform. You know, mm -hmm. it's not that easy. It takes a lot of mental strength yeah. and physical strength. And yeah, like to have the machine operating properly, I feel like there should be no limits. No, I agree. And I, I also think there's a limit at the beginning when you're a, when you're an artist i'd like i want to get your thoughts on this <laughs> as a manager you take on a new artist that's still that's not full-time in music they have a job outside of the music which is very common okay yeah um i i say work in that job as long as you possibly can to afford you to take on really shit gigs and kind of grow as an artist what's, yeah. what's your thoughts see it's a tricky one because I feel like to be at the top you also need to give all of your time and effort so you know if you're not able to spend that those long nights in the studio and you know be ready to go I feel like that's the only reason you shouldn't mm. but I definitely agree with you you know at the end of the day you need to feed yourself you need to to get somewhere and obviously when you're starting out to you have to eat a little shit you know yeah, it's yeah. it's a have part to. of the game even as a bigger artist you know sometimes you you have to do things that you're not super comfortable with mm -hmm. but 
there's a different return. So yeah, I, uh, it's kind of a tricky one. I think if you can focus on your craft and, and bettering yourself, then by all means, yeah. but yeah. That's yeah. I, I guess, it, I guess it just depends how much not of a hard worker because that makes me sound like a dick but like how much you're willing to put into it because well, exactly like I are think, you gonna go to work and then come home exactly. and spend 10 hours in the studio sure exactly but like are you gonna come home and you know yeah. go sleep on the couch then and yeah. i think that depends on who as a human being you are and and not not how much you want it because because <laughs> i think it's i think there's people that want it just as much that aren't putting the hours in because they just visit they're just not that type of person that can put the hours in Right, totally. like not everyone, not every manager is like you. It yeah, doesn't no, mess- everyone has their own yeah. own flow. Um, I guess it's just down to the individual, really. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got coming up? What, you've got a wedding coming up, and you decided to have your wedding on the worst weekend in the year. <laughs> like, let's talk about this. I mean, is it the worst or the best? Because I have all my guys here touring in America and it's, it's on. <laughs> it's the, I guess it's the best. I looked at the Circle Loco lineup. I'm like, all right, all my friends are playing. We're good. <laughs> Hopefully they just have a late set time. Are they playing? It's in, you're having it in New York. Where are you getting married? Um, in Long Island City. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in new york let's see what surprises come up <laughs> everyone like all the circle local guys are like you're gonna come in your wedding dress right i'm like probably are you actually gonna go i don't know let's see let's see surely not <laughs> let's see do you have any artists playing that night um maybe <laughs> fuck's sake uh, i don't know where i'm at actually halloween what is it the saturday you're getting married nowhere friday friday let me find let me tell you <laughs> we just did october sounds um, like hitting me at another angle now oh uh, you got that new york sun as well it's hot <laughs> yeah can't remember where i'm in san francisco san francisco yeah not, damn. not in new york just a coast away i know <laughs> that's gonna be amazing though yeah it's i mean it's so much planning it's i didn't think it through so much i'm like oh well i can't get married during the summer of course because that's peak season but yeah. i'm like right after the summer but i didn't think oh well i'm gonna be planning a wedding in the middle of peak season mm, you know yeah <laughs> So, and of course we don't have wedding planners because I need to do everything my way. Of course. If you ever had a wedding planner, I would be shocked anyway. I'd be like, who even are you? Yeah, no way. No way. You're the best wedding planner out there. So what's the point of having a wedding? I'm like, I do this for a living. I can plan my own party. Exactly. It's not that hard. And also the fact that you manage like three, four of the biggest artists in the industry is pretty easy to like. Yeah, we have a festival lineup. We're good. You literally do. Come down for some black coffee, some Martinez brothers. Yeah. It's, it's it's amazing what the Martinez brothers have done. I'm so proud of right? them. But you I know, know I they're good friends, of course. Mm. And growing up well, growing up in New York and seeing them evolve. Mm. And sometimes we have these moments where it's like, wow, we're both 
well, all three of us, you know, climbing together. And yeah. I'm so proud of them to take on this residency this summer. It's such a big move and, you know, what they're doing musically. And they're really just chasing after what they've wanted for so long. Where's so, the, where is it DC 10, the residency? At High, actually. At high. What day? Yeah, they're doing uh, Tuesdays at High. Okay. Nice. Yeah, so it just started two weeks ago and it's yeah. been a smash so far. So, well, they, when you were talking about Virgil, I feel like they, this is my perception, they're almost like the closest next thing yeah. to a certain extent. Not where they're making fashion that I'm aware of, but like they're very fashionable guys. They're very, Definitely. they have this like swagger about them. That New Yorkers, <laughs> yeah, they, no one else has that, and yeah, and they have just this like, yeah, it, they've never had really a hit record. Like they've they had some big records, but like HD Izu obviously was huge yeah. when it came out. Like fuck, I played that in New York the other night. And Everyone's like, people are still playing it. You I, know, that's when you know. <laughs> yeah, Steve, people like I drag that out of the record uh-huh. box occasionally, and it's so good. But yeah, <clears throat> like the what they've built is his as a community and i'm not too sure how they've done it really like i don't think think you could authenticity honestly Mm. you know they're just so purely themselves like what you see is what you get you know and yeah i i think that's what it is how do you how do you put that in an artist as a manager you don't i i think it has to be there you know Mm. like even sometimes with the guys and like, you know, be more yourself. Like actually you do this really well. Like you're just authentically you, especially like on socials, you know, mm. you're, you're yourself. And I feel like a lot of artists struggle to do that. It's like, it's a machine. They're just, you know, mm. they, they can't get out of their artist mind or their business mind. And I always try to remind the guys, like people care about you as a human, you know, people yeah. want to see what you're having for dinner, what your kids are doing at their school play, you know, yeah. like, fans love that and and like you said to be able to build a community that's the most important thing to have those people that are just super loyal to you and and the bros definitely have that that's yeah, for sure they do wherever you go in the world you see the same people flying out with them mm. <laughs> yeah i like that and i think there, i think there comes a point there comes a level of when you can do that right like when you're earning enough money and you can fly people out with you and things like that because majority of people can't afford to fucking fly with you every weekend and things like that of course so like there's there's luxuries that you can eventually do that but i i still think that it there's a a level of authenticity from the beginning that it's just like it's just wow yeah i mean you see videos of chris and steve playing like 15 years old at pasha like stevie's still in glasses Mm. you know chris has got his snapback like glued to his head you know like and and that was them then and yeah. and they've evolved and they're still themselves and that's that's the coolest thing for me you know yeah. a lot of artists too once they do start to see the limelight a little bit more they change you know it's i mean it's kind of a natural progression for a lot of people i would mm-hmm. say um so it's nice to see that they've really you know stayed true to themselves and always looking out for family and well, I think yeah, it's I, th- I think it's what you got into it for what you get into it for, and I think totally. I think sometimes when it's a business for you, which it is for a lot of us, it is for all of us at the end of the day, it's still the business. But like when you get into it and you look at it as a business, and then you start seeing serious numbers come in, you're like, well, we need to 
hunker down on this, but then forgetting yeah. what actually you're built from. And and I think you can see that. But I think what like what you've done with black coffee is you've you've all kept it very authentic as well. Mm-hmm. And although you go and do a, a record with David Guetta, which may not feel authentic as on paper, mm-hmm. but when it's the way it's perceived, the way it's kind of presented to the world is a very authentic thing. Totally. And I think that's, you can do that as an artist. You can go and do a record with somebody or you can go and do a, go on a show with somebody and you can be on a lineup with somebody that might not be what you are, but because you're good mates or but because you respect each other so much or because something is connecting you with that person, it's, it feels right and yeah. and it's okay to talk about it yeah, and music should see no limits you know that's what i hate the most about this industry it's like everyone just tries to box themselves as a tech house dj mm. a techno dj afro yeah. house whatever it is but why should there be limits you know if you're making music and playing music that brings joy to people yeah. and unites people like that's what this industry is built on you know yeah. like i can't do it i can't do it 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 like no that i think for me like when i was in the dirty bird camp like it was kind of like that for me and i loved it for for a period it it served a huge purpose for me but then it got to the point where i was like i don't just want to write this music for the rest of my career yeah exactly it doesn't allow me to do that so i need i need to step out to grow as a human being let alone as an artist because otherwise i'm always going to be the mid tier of someone right yeah of someone else's show and i have to adhere by someone else's show yeah there should be no limits no there really shouldn't there really shouldn't chrissy (laughs) um we've just done an hour and 20 minutes i think we should wrap this up because i know we can carry on talking for days um i know i'm starting to get a sunburn (laughs) i guess i ask people at the end of this podcast a question and it feels only right to ask you it um what life advice would you give somebody right now um i'm gonna give advice that i should probably give myself as well but it's fine you can talk to yourself (laughs) don't lose sight on the important things in life Mm. you know everything can stop in an instant and and don't forget you know, what's always there. Like I said earlier, when the music stops, and obviously this isn't just for the music industry, but when when the whole world stops, what's there for you still mm. and and what keeps you fueled as a human, don't forget that, you know, never let go of that. Mm. I love that. Um, I would say, how can people follow you? Because I always say this to artists and listen to your music, but... <laughs> <laughs> I guess you don't really want that. <laughs> Watch lots of stuff about my artists. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on. Like I've literally waited two and a half years to have you on. Um, I'm so happy we finally got to do this. Yeah, for no, real. It's been amazing. Thank you for coming on. Keep safe. I love you lots. Keep having me. Um, love you. And, uh, and I'll see you. I'll probably see you in Ibiza before I see yes. you in America. Definitely, definitely. Cool.
Cool. Peace out. Love Ciao. you. And that is a wrap. I love that podcast. It was it was a really good one. Um, thank you to Christiana for listening, listening for coming on and talking. Um, thank you for all of you listening. Please go share. Please subscribe. Please tell your mates about it. I'd love you forever. Till next time, people. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.